Man, what a wonderful morning this is. You know, I know we're here to, to celebrate our, our graduates, but this might as well be Happy Father's Day, Happy Mother's Day. It might as well be Happy Grandparents' Day, Happy Best Friends' Day, um, because our graduates have had a lot of people support them. They wouldn't be here where they are today without so many others in their lives that have gotten them here. You know, I think of... Um, like a, a football hall of fame or a sports hall of fame, whenever that player goes up and is given this hall of fame speech. And what do they always do? They thank all those people that were in their, in their lives through all of that because they wouldn't be there without them. There's a ton of talented people out there. There's a ton of talented players that have come through the um, NFL and NBA and all those different sports. But only a select few get to the hall of fame. What's the difference? Some of it's good luck, some of it might be skill, but a lot of it is, is the coaches they had, the support systems they had. So girls, you are very fortunate that you are here, and you've got a lot of people that um, have loved you and prayed for you and have supported you to get you here. And so um, this is as much um, for you guys and, and celebrating you as it is for celebrating those that have, have stepped alongside of you um, to get you here as well. But as you transition, um, you think, okay, well, now what, right? What's the next step in my life? Where do I go from here? And so as you think about what does it look like as you look at the rest of your life and um, the, you've got everything in front of you, what is the secret to a long life and then most importantly, a life that's well lived? Well, I'd like to, to point us to scripture this morning and we kind of dive in there and see what God's word has to say about that. So if you would, if you guys have your Bibles with you this morning, I'd love to start in the book of Deuteronomy. It's not a book that we go to often, um, but this was a very important book uh, in the life of the Israelites. And um, there's, a, there's a verse in here, or the a passage of Scripture that's called the Shema that I want us to start off with. But Deuteronomy, I, I'll tell you guys what I do with, with my students on Wednesday nights is I always tell Deuteronomy, if we ask if it's the Old Testament or the New Testament, well, the Deuteronomy is the Old Testament. Uh, it goes Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and then Deuteronomy. So now you know where Deuteronomy is found. But I want to read to you Deuteronomy chapter 6, um, starting in verse, we're going to read verses 1 through 3 to start off here. It says, these are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you, and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. We thank you again for your love for us. God, you are just so good and so amazing, and we are so grateful that you love us like you do, because without you, we are nothing, but with you, we are everything. And God, I am so grateful for the opportunity you've given me this morning to share your word. Lord, may my words be your words. And God, may you um, just strengthen us by your word this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, I want to tell you a story. My son is now uh, in the National Guard, and he is in his training over in, in Virginia. 
But when he was a, a little, little boy, probably four or five years old, and he was in preschool, um, he was then, as, as he typically is now, he can have a, a tendency to be a little stubborn. And so you tell Brian to do something, and Brian didn't like to listen. So he was at preschool, and he knew not to run down the halls. And we told him multiple times, and every time I'd come pick him up, he would take off and run down that hallway. Um, and I'd say, Brian, stop. And, um, well, I told him multiple times. Well, there was one particular um, afternoon that I had picked Brian up that, what did he do? He took right off down that hallway and started running full bore. Well, at that point, Brian was probably just about that tall, which is about the height of the water fountain that was in the, in the hallway in the preschool. And he ran full bore, and he went around somebody, and he didn't know what was around the corner. And what did he do? He ran smack dab right into that water fountain. And I was tr chasing him, and I got right behind him, and I don't know how this happened, but he actually passed out. My son passed out, and I caught him in my arms. And I was, it was one of the most helpless feelings as a father because I was just like, help. I didn't know what to do. Um, and, but he did. He ran smack into that water fountain. He passed out. And it was probably just 10 seconds. or Maybe not even that long. But it felt like an eternity to me. But he did. He knocked himself out. Why did he knock himself out? Because he was stubborn. And he wouldn't listen. I had told him. He had been told multiple times what to do and what not to do. But he refused to listen. And he hit right into that, that water fountain, and he knocked himself out. Well, this morning, the words of, the, of God that we're going to talk about from Scripture gives you an opportunity just like my son had all those years ago. God's Word gives us the answers of how to live a life well-lived, to how to live a life that is successful. And it's long life. It's a prosperous life. We just have to listen. Unfortunately, the, the, the alternative there is if we don't, we can be just like my son, run right into that water fountain, and we can knock ourselves out, and we can have us a very difficult life. Now, the thing I also want to mention to everybody here is this, even though um, we are celebrating our, our graduates and we're talking about them, and this message is talking about the four pillars of life that they can build their life on, but this is good for the rest of us too. Because the things that we're going to talk about are things that are found in God's Word that solidify who we are in Christ. And when we, we base our lives on these foundational principles in God's Word, God blesses us. And we find fulfillment, we find um, peace, we find comfort when we, we walk the steps that God has for us. So my challenge to us as adults and, and the other students who are in this room is that we wouldn't tune this out and say, oh, this is just a message for our graduates, because it's more than that. This is a message It's not just for our graduates, but it's for us as well. Because when we apply these principles to our lives, um, God can change us from the inside out, and then we can make a difference in the world around us. So, I guess that the question then for our graduates and even for us is now what, right? How do we do, what is the next steps? What are the things that we need to build our life upon? Well, as you, we just read in Deuteronomy 6, the verse, three verses there, um, this is introducing this passage, it's called the Shema. And the Shema 
was um, a passage of scriptures that Moses would have introduced to the Israelites and that they would have found, put their, their, their lives foundationally upon. So I want to restart in verse 4. We're going to pick up and read the next couple of verses. And I want you to pick up on some of the things that, um, the verbiage that's used here. And we're going to speak, we're going to talk about that. Look at um, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You see, this was so important that they were like, hey, you need to put this at the front of your, of your mind. Put this um, at your eye, you know, right here at your eyes. It says that you are to tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Um, write them on the door frames in your houses and your gates. Let this be known that this is, so that you can constantly be reminded that God is your God. It says to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. But here's something that I don't want you to miss. If you go back to verse 4, that word here, that the, the, the Hebrew or the Greek word there is lost a little bit in translation. Yes, it does mean to hear, and it is translated here. But there's a more significant um, verbiage in the original language. It actually has this hear and do, that there's an uh, association of action along with hearing. That listen is to allow the words to sink in, to provide understanding, but then to generate a response. So basically in Hebrew, hearing and doing are the same thing. So if you are to hear it, you are then to turn around and do it as well. This isn't just something, hey, you listen and then you just forget about it. No, this is something that you then apply to your life. It says, hear, O Israel... The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. They said it's so important that we're to teach our children. And if you really, if you break down what he's talking talk about, them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, that's life, right? We're to talk about um, loving the Lord our God with our children as we go about our life. As we're driving down the road, going to McDonald's, when we're taking them to school, when we're just going about everyday life, when we're around the, meal, um, around the dinner table at home, when we're just talking, we are to share about who God is and, and, his, and how that we are to love him with all that we have. So what does this look like as far as these, these how does this look like in our daily life? Well, first and foremost, I'm going to have four pillars that I want you to, to think about as, as you look at your life and for us adults as well that we would build our life upon. And the first one is very simple. And that is this, is to love God. It starts here in Deuteronomy, you see that. But I also want to point you to another part of Scripture. Um, and that is in Matthew. It's the first book of the New Testament, Matthew chapter 22. Jesus was, um, was speaking here. And he was asked by the Pharisees. The Pharisees were actually trying to trap him. And they said, well, what's the greatest commandment? In all the scripture. 
And they were trying, whatever he said, they were going to try to catch, you know, to, to catch him and then say, well, what about this or what about that? Jesus knew that. And look at what his first statement to them is. If you look at Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 37, Jesus says this. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. It's kind of interesting. Didn't we just see that? <laughs> he quotes directly from the Shema. He quotes directly from Deuteronomy. quotes directly from the Old Testament and reminds his, his listeners that the first and foremost thing that we are to do in our life is to love God. That's it. The very first thing that we do. So if you, for, if, if you forget anything else I say this morning, remember that one. Love God. Because outside of that, if you forget this, the rest of what we're getting ready to talk about doesn't mean, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't matter. Because if, you're, if your relationship with him is not settled and you are not striving after him every day of your life, all these other things that we're going to discuss kind of just piddle away to the distance. And they're not going to be um, nearly as effective in your life. So the first and foremost thing is to love the Lord your God. He actually says in verse 38 that this is the first and greatest commandment. So I don't want to... I don't want to... Um, I don't want us to miss that point. It's just how important it is that loving God is everything. It is the most important thing. So, your first pillar is, um, is the most important pillar. And that is to love God. Well, as we continue to strive after Him and we, we look to Him in everything that we do and our hearts grow closer to Him... The, as we draw closer to him, guess what's going to happen? Our hearts are going to be changed to be more like him. And so then as we draw, draw closer to him, the things that God desires are going to be the things that we desire. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight in the Lord and he will grant you the desires of your heart. We all love the back half of that, that he'll grant us the desires of our heart. But it's the first half that's the most important. It's delighting in Him. It's loving Him. And then we allow the desires of our heart. That's whenever He grants us those. Because our hearts are lined, aligned with His. And so He's going to grant those desires in our heart. So, the second pillar. If you continue reading in Matthew 22. Um, we saw it says, that Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. He says the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. He says all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So what's the second one? It's love others or love people. However you want to verbalize it. You can say love your neighbor. Um, the point is, is that we are called to first and foremost put our, our hope and our trust and we draw close to the Lord. And then out of that, it's almost like you've put so much in from him that it just pours out of you on to others. And we are called to love others. Now, as you know, you've, been, you've now been on this earth for a few years. That can be some of the hardest things to do. It's easy to love the Lord. It's hard to love others. Especially whenever others are mean and hurtful. And they can be. Uh, I think even if, you were to, if we were all to be honest... 
it's very likely that um, even today or this week or recently that we've had somebody be ugly to us or mean to us. And it puts us in a tailspin. You know, it, it, throws us off our, it throws us off and we're not sure how to respond. Well, the response here is not an easy response, but it is the response that Jesus told us to do. And we're called to love them. <clears throat> There's a hundred verses that we could go to this morning in talking about how we should love, but I do want to point you to one. If you will flip over to Ephesians, just a few um, books over in the New Testament. Paul wrote this letter to the church in Ephesus. Ephesians chapter, chapter 4. And I'm going to start in verse 32. This is Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 32. And look at what Paul here talks about when we were talking about loving others. He says, be kind and compassionate to one another. <clears throat> Forgiving each other. Just as in Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. <clears throat> There's some tough stuff there. First and foremost, we're to be kind and compassionate to one another. Seems pretty basic and simple, but Boy, it feels as you walk around this world now, doesn't it seem to be lost? Man, it doesn't take long if you go on social media. I don't care which, which social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Snapchat, Instagram, it doesn't matter. When you start reading those responses that people say to each other, they've lost this part. There is no kindness, compassion. Man, people are in this world are ready to pounce the moment you make a mistake and tell you how horrible you are and that you're worthless. God calls us to do differently. We are not to be like the world. We are to be kind and compassionate to one another. We're to forgive one another. Even whenever that person's been hateful to you or mean to you, we are to forgive. Why? Because we are to follow God's example. That just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice, that's how we are to live our lives. <clears throat> Your first two pillars in life for all of us are to love God first and foremost. But then out of that love, we should be an outpouring of love towards others. People should see us and see something different because of the way we treat others, the way we love others. We are to love God and we are to love people. We are to love others. But I do want to um, turn your attention uh, to the third one. And there's an interesting aspect here. Um, we've got love God, love people, love him and love others. But then there's this action word. So if you'll turn to James <clears throat> We're going to look at James chapter 20, or excuse me, James chapter 1, verse 22. James chapter 1 is towards the back end of your of the New Testament. James chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 22. And I want you to see um, what James is speaking to here about 
action words. And I want you to see if you see the, the correlation back to the Shema that we talked about. Remember the Shema, this here, has this connection of not just hearing, but doing with it. See if you don't see that connection, that thread for my, my high school, my middle and high school students that we've been talking about on Wednesday nights, how God, Jesus is threaded throughout all of Scripture, and you see the thread of Scripture from the Old Testament to the New Testament. But look at James in chapter 1, verse, uh, starting in verse 22. He says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, look at that last part, they will be blessed in what they do. They will be blessed. If you want to have a blessed life, if you want to be blessed, adults, um, if you want to be blessed, don't be hearers only. Be doers. Don't forget what you've heard, but do it. Put it into practice. Put it into your life. Do not merely listen to the word. It says if that's all you do, you deceive yourselves. It's the equivalent of looking at your face in the mirror. Every, I, I can make um, almost 100% guarantee that everybody in this room looked at themselves in the mirror this morning. You fixed your hair, uh, made sure, you know, you, know, you either put makeup on or you made sure that, um, you know, that you, all right, do I look good? And you walked out the door. You know what you look like. It would be the equivalent of you looking at yourself in the mirror and walking away from that mirror and saying, what did I look like again? He's making this statement that that's a, that's a no-brainer. It's like, hello, you're not going to look at your face in the mirror, walk away from it, and not know what you look like anymore. That's not how it works. And what he's saying here is, is that when you hear God's word, you do it. Don't just listen to it and deceive yourselves. Do what it says. That's about as pointed of a statement as you can make. He says, do what it says. Do it. Anyone, um, he says, but whoever looks intently into the perfect law. What's the perfect law? That's God's word. God's word gives freedom. And you continue in it. You don't forget what you've heard, but you do it. You will be blessed in what you do. So your third point um, that's up there, you can see it. It says, be doers of the word. I want to point to you just so you can see this, how, how, this, how God's word is so, so beautiful. I want to point you back to the Old Testament. And I want you to look at um, Joshua. Joshua chapter 1. Joshua has just become leader of the, uh, the Israelite people. Moses has passed away and he's being installed as the leader. And you're going to see the charge that's been put forth to him in these verses. So this is a charge to us as well. Look at Joshua chapter 1 verse 7. It says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left. That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. 
so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Look at the, um, what's attached to this. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. If you'll look, there's passages that God gives us in Scripture that give us comfort, that give us um, promises and guarantees in our life that we can have a prosperous and successful life. But he gives us also this caveat. He says, don't turn from his word. Don't turn from it to the right, to the left. Then you can be successful wherever you go. Obey God's word. Again, you see a pattern. You see this, not just hear it, but put it into practice in your life. Be doers of his word. Put action there with, um, with what he's saying. Or with, with what he's saying, you not, you not just hear it, but you put action and put it into your life as well. <clears throat> so we love God. We love others. And then we're, we put those things into practice in all that we do. Now, we could park right here, being doers of the word. Um, and there's so many aspects of this. And we don't have the time this morning to, to, and to look at all God's word and his scripture because there's elements here of obviously studying his word and staying in his word. Um, we could talk about prayer, how vitally important prayer is in your life, that you need to be connected with him. Being doers is, is prayer. Also worship and service. Um, there's so many different elements here that we could talk about. But being doers of the word encapsulates all those things. Because if you are being doers of the word, you're in his word, you're going to know that here's the things that I need to put in practice into my life. All right? <clears throat> so then finally, when you look at the, the different pillars, we had love God, love people, and then putting those things into action, being doers of God's word. When Jesus, as I was thinking, let me, let me back up. As I was thinking about how to, what's, the, what's that fourth pillar? What's, what is it that I need to, um, to give a charge to our graduates as well as to each one of us? Well, felt like it was um, a no-brainer to go back to what Jesus said to us. If you remember, after um, his death, burial, and resurrection, um, he, he comes back and he appears to his disciples. And right before his ascension, he gives a command. So if you would, let's turn to that and let's kind of remind ourselves this is, this is nothing earth-shattering or something that you've never read in, um, or heard before in your life. But it's very important, and I think it bears repeating this morning. Matthew chapter 28 and we're going to look at verses 18 through 20. I'd say a lot of you could probably quote this verse to me without me having to read it. <clears throat> but I want you to read it, and I want you to let this soak in to what God is saying here, what, what the command that Jesus himself gave to us. It's referred to as the Great Commission. And this is Matthew chapter 28, and it starts in um, verse 18. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. He starts first and foremost by saying, I have the authority to give this. Because he's God. 
All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, what's it there for? Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. There's so many good things here. This is packed full of, of such goodness of what God has called us to do. Jesus told us that we are to go and make disciples. What is a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Jesus Christ. How do we make disciples? How do we do that? Well, we tell them about Jesus. Mark 16 verse 15 says this, And Jesus said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. What's the last thing that you've got to do in your life? You've got to preach the gospel. You've got to let this world know of the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to go into all the world. In Acts, it talks about going into Judah and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So we aren't called just here in where you live. If you live in Hall County or wherever you're at, yes, we are called to do that here. But then we're also called to go to other parts of, you know, the next region around us. That's why we've gone to Louisiana. We're also called to go to the ends of the world. You know, um, several years ago, I had the opportunity. Uh, my wife and I, and actually Brian got to go too, where we went to Nepal. Nepal is a different place. It is a different world. Less than 2% of the people in Nepal have even heard the name of Jesus Christ. Let that soak in for a second. We take for granted hearing who Jesus Christ is. Less than 2% of the people there have even heard the name Jesus Christ, let alone that they have, have a safe relationship with Jesus Christ. There is a world that needs to hear who Jesus is. And we are called to proclaim it. We are called to go and preach the gospel. We are called to go, therefore, and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, teach them to obey everything I have commanded you. How do we do that? It goes back to the first thing that we talked about. When you're loving the Lord... When you're in his word and you're drawing closer to him, you know what his commandments are and then you can love people and teach those people about who he is. You see, there's this nice flow that happens when you read scripture and you see the pattern that God's given us in his word and how it all connects together. We love him. We love others. <clears throat> we don't just listen, but we put it into, into action and we tell others about him. I love the last part of that, um, the Great Commission. And I think we miss that so much. He says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I hear so many people sometimes talk about how they feel far from God. That God just doesn't seem to talk, you know, they, they can't feel his presence. I want to challenge, if that's you this morning, I want to challenge you. Are you serving? Are you telling others about Jesus? 
some of the most times I have felt in my life where I have felt the closest to the Lord is right smack dab in the middle of when I'm doing what he's called me to do. When I've been down in Louisiana, when I've been in Nepal, <clears throat> when I've been working with the youth, or even something as simple as um, setting up a church, tearing down tables, moving chairs, or if it's just helping a neighbor next door. When you're doing what God's called you to do, he says he will be with you in that moment. If you want to feel close to the Lord, serve him. Do what he's called you to do. Don't be listeners only. Be doers of his word. And when you do that, he will be with you. He will draw close to you because you are drawing close to him. If you can't feel his presence, he's not turned from you. Turn. Seek him with all your heart. Get in his word. Again, we could talk for the next day, several days, right, about the things in God's word and how we put those things into practice. But I wanted to at least boil those things down into these four elements, these four pillars of life, if you will. <clears throat> that our graduates can grab a hold of and that us as adults we can be reminded of and that we can grab a hold of. I think I'd be remiss if I didn't go this, if I didn't say for those, there may be someone in this room that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. And I'd like to speak to you for just a second. It says in God's word in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. What that means is we were created to have a relationship with him. The way God designed it was we were meant to be together. We were meant to have fellowship with him. Adam and Eve walked in the garden with God. And then this thing called sin came and ruined it. Sin is anything that goes against the holiness of God. Anything that goes against who he is. A lie, stealing, any, anything. But if it goes against his character, it's a sin. And then that sin separates us from him. And we are no longer able to have fellowship with him. But the great news there is Romans 5.8. It says, but God shows his love for us that while we were still sinners... He didn't wait for us to turn to him. While we were in our sin, he died for us. Romans 6.23 says, For the payment of our sin, what we deserve is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can have fellowship again with him because of what Christ did for us. Because of his great love for us. <clears throat> How do you accept that gift? Romans 10.9 says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And you will. That's as simple as that. You commit and you say, God, you are Lord and I want you Lord of my life. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead and you're saved. You ask for forgiveness and you, and you accept him and accept the, the free gift that he's given you. If that's you, if, that, if you fall into that category, I pray that you will make right with the Lord this morning.
but for the rest of us that are followers of Jesus Christ. My prayer for you and for my graduates is that you will love the Lord your God with everything you have and then allow that outpouring to flow into others and that you'll love others and that you'll be doers of God's word, not just hearers. There's an action associated with it and that you'll preach the gospel, that you will share the message of Jesus Christ to this lost and dying world, a world that is so desperately in need of the love of Jesus Christ. Um, <clears throat> I do want to, um, I've got some gifts that I'd like to give to our, uh, to our graduates. We have two here this morning. Um, there's another one that was not able to make it. Lauren Burkhalter is not here. I do want to give, um, mention her. A lot of you know Lauren, you know the Burkhalters, um, but she was not able to be here this morning. Can I have that one, Renee? I want to show you, share with you guys what, um, what you're getting. So we, I wanted to give you guys some things because, yeah, this is a great, you know, hey, we looked at God's word and, and his word is amazing, but um, you may forget what I said. So I wanted to give you a reminder. And we've given these picture frames away in the past. I will tell you this. <clears throat> I think this is the best one that we've ever had. These are incredibly nice. Um, and um, I think you're going to be very pleased with what this says. But these pillars that we talked about are on this frame. And we made sure that you had a picture there to go to. So I wanted to make, you know, give you your first picture. So that's a... Uh, we just took that this past week. So you can see love God, love people, be doers of the word, and preach the gospel. So you can take this frame, you can put it up in your room, you can hang it. You can see there's a place where you can hang it. There's also this little peg that you can put there, and you can hang it up that way, or you can put a peg there and then hang it or just let it sit on the table that way. But this will remind you of these four pillars. So a year from now, two years from now, ten years from now, when you're going through life and this, these scriptures hopefully will, will point you back to where you need to be and that God will use this in your life in a mighty way. All right, <clears throat> the other thing, in order to be able to love God, you need, a, you need his word, right? So we've got you a study Bible. This is the Charles Swindoll Study Bible. And this will allow you to, um, to, to dive into his word. Um, Charles Swindoll is a great man of, of God. And um, there's a lot of his insights in here too that will help you draw closer to him as you take that first pillar to heart in loving God. And then the last thing that we've got in here for you is I wanted to give you um, some tools as far as being doers of how you can place this action step um, into your life. And this is that's called Developing Godly Habits. This is something that I went with, through the students with um, last year. And um, this was kind of the outcome of that. So there's Godly Habit 1 is Bible reading. Godly Habit 2 is prayer. Then Godly Habit 3 is worship. Then service. Then uh, Godly Habit 5 is meeting together with other believers. We are called to meet. That's why we're here this morning. Godly Habit 6 is giving. And then 7 is sharing the gospel. You put these into place. Um, these are, and what I did is you'll, you can actually read scripture. The points that I've made in here are, are pulled directly from God's word. 
So hopefully what we're trying to do here is to give you the tools to not just here's, just tell you, hey, here's the pillars of life that you can do, but to actually put them into place and to give you the tools so that you can do that. Um, for the rest of, for the adults here, if, you would, if, if anybody would like one of these, just let me know. I will be happy to get one in your hands. But um, Kenny, where are you? Kenny, will you come up here with me? Um, we'd like to, to honor our graduates and um, give some gifts to them. And um, so our first one, our first graduate is Eliza Self. I think you can see her, her uh, picture up there on behind. E.E., um, e. we all know her as E.E. E.E. is such a sweet and kind and loving young lady. And um, she has such a, come on up here. Um, yeah, come up here with me, yeah. I want, I want you to face and, um, so that everybody can see uh, Miss E.E. E. here. You guys know her? Yes, give her a hand. This young lady constantly thinks of others and puts others before herself. And um, I love the way Clyde mentioned last night. He said she is the epitome of a godly woman. The future is so bright. And I'm so excited for who you are and, who, and how God has used you already and how he will continue to use you. Always keep him first, and God's going to do great things with you. So, um, <laughs> here is your gift. Was there, did you, anybody want a picture? Did anybody get a picture of E.E. E. up here? Here, I'll get a picture of it. <laughs> All right. All right, thank you. All right, give her a hand. <laughs> Kenny, why don't, you tell, why don't you tell us about our other graduate? All right, uh, Miss Caitlin Riddle, can you please come to the stage, please? We have been doing the college ministry f probably not very long. And uh, then we met this young lady, a friend of our other graduate and uh, the one thing that I noticed right off was this scripture in Philippians 2 3 through 4 do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count others more significant than yourselves let each of you look not only to his own interest but also to the interest of others. And I think that uh, describes uh, uh, this young lady, um, how she serves others, how she, how she goes out of her way, even though you know, just trying to finish school, she was here still serving, still you know, loving on middle school girls, and, uh, but just being selfless. And... If, if that's probably one thing that I could think of is being selfless because sometimes I have to say, hey, you don't have to do everything, but they're like, you know what? And we love Jesus, and we love serving, and we love the church, and we're just so thankful. So we are so thankful for you, for what you mean to us, for what you mean to this church, 
and how you serve and your heart for serving and your heart for people. You, you never want somebody to feel alone or by themselves. You always love them no matter who it is, no matter guy, girl, middle school or high school, or, it doesn't matter. Your heart for others is so prominent in just how you present yourself. So we have a gift for you as well. Let's give her a hand. And if anybody would like to get a picture as well, you can. All right. All right. Let's give her a hand. As we, uh, as we finish up this evening, or this morning, what I... Uh, Sorry, I'm already, uh, already to the evening. Yes, if we would, please make sure, uh, I want to recognize Lauren Burkhalter. Yeah, there she is. Uh, yeah. For those of you that know Lauren, um, every, time she, she's, every time she comes back into town, she gets up here on stage and she plays her, her guitar and she just, you can see the love that she has for the Lord. She is just such a sweet and kind um, lady. And I'm so thankful I've gotten to know her um, throughout her life, and um, she's such a blessing. So if you all get a chance, maybe tell her congratulations or if you see her. But um, she's also a very sweet graduate, and we're very thankful for her too. But I would like, as we kind of finish up our time together this morning, uh, I'd like to pray for our graduates. So if um, those of you that, wouldn't, that want to come up and just uh, pray around them, um, I'm going to lead us. But um, you guys come and um, we're going we're gonna to pray for our, our graduates here this morning. <laughs> All right. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Lord, I thank you for our graduates. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for just who you are and that your love for each of us. Lord, I pray for Caitlin. I pray for E.E. E. I pray for Lauren. Lord, would you just... Um, Go before them now as they start this next steps in their lives. Lord, would you give them guidance? Would you give them wisdom? Would you give them protection from this world? Or would you impress upon their hearts to love you first and foremost in all they do? And then out of that outpouring of love for you that they love others. And Lord, would they be doers of your word, not just hearers? And God, that, that they would share this, share with this dying world, this lost world, the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that others may know you. And God, that will be a life well lived, and a prosperous life, and a blessed life, because you put it in your word, that's your promise. So Lord, I commit them to you, ask you, you would um, draw yourself to them, and allow them to, to know you more and more each day. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for your love for us. Lord, I pray for each um, person in this room that you would give them a great week. I uh, pray for those that are listening, that you will comfort them, um, strengthen them. Those that are sick, that you'll bring them back to health. And Lord, we love you and praise you. And uh, we just give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.